We are continuing uh, our sermon series on the I Am statements uh, found in the Gospel of John. Last week we had an introductory sermon, and today we're going to begin by looking at these I Am statements. And the first one we find here is in John chapter 6, where we see Jesus say that he is the bread of life. Uh, before we read the passage that we're going to focus on this morning, it would be some uh, it'd be informative to see what's leading up to this particular incident where Jesus has this conversation with the people. In John chapter 6 and verses 1 through 21, you see the feeding of the multitude, the feeding of the 5,000 men. And in John's gospel, this is the fourth of seven signs that show and indicate that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. So you have the feeding of the 5,000, and, and immediately after that, you see the crowds try to force Jesus to become their earthly king. And he sends them away, and in the process, the disciples get in boats, and they go across the sea, and a storm comes up, and Jesus actually walks out on the water and gets in the boat, and they're immediately transported to the other side. So that has just taken place. Keeping that in mind, that's just taken place. He said this multitude of people, it counts 5,000 men, but it was most likely in upwards of fifteen to 20,000 people. They tried to take him by force, make him king, and now he's once again displayed his power over nature by walking out onto the water and getting in the boat with the disciples. In John 6, 22 through 58, which is the passage we're looking at this morning, we see that the very next day the crowds are searching for Jesus. They're looking for him. And so they get in boats and they go to the other side where they find Jesus. So we're going to begin reading in verse 22 down through verse 58. It says, The next day the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw there had been only one boat. They also saw that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you get here? There's some excitement. They've seen a miracle. And even though Jesus denied the crown, they're looking for him. They want to see what's next. Because in their hearts, they believe they've seen Jesus perform miracles. They've seen Jesus do all these things. They have taken part in a miracle, and they want to see what's next. So they, they, they figure out he's on the other side of the sea. So they find their way over there, and they find him and say, Teacher, how did you get here? Verse 26 says, Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. Jesus knows their motivations. Jesus understands what's going on. They aren't really looking to follow him as Messiah. They're looking for another miracle. They're looking for more food. They're looking for physical needs to be met. And They're like, what will he do today? How is he going to outdo himself and Jesus knows what's in their hearts Jesus understands this he's like you're not really looking to follow me you're here for the show you want to see what's going to happen next you're here for the spectacle and keep in mind it was a show it was a spectacle all right so Jesus says don't work for the food that perishes if you're going to go through all this trouble do it for something that's eternal do it for something that matters 
And so verse 28 says, well, what can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. They don't really mean this. They're playing along. They're hoping that if they give the right answers, then Jesus will put on a show for them again. And Jesus is blunt. Jesus replies, this is the work of God. He says, if you want to know what you need to do, you believe in the one he has sent. And it's amazing. They immediately want a sign. They haven't seen enough. He hasn't done enough to satisfy them. They're like, well, what are you going to do for us? Do you know people like that? What can you do for me? Prove it. So that's what they say. What sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you, they asked. They've seen enough. What Jesus has done is sufficient. It's ample evidence, but they want more because once again, they're not truly seeking the kingdom of God. What are you going to perform there at the second part of verse 30? How are you going to outdo yourself? What you did yesterday, that was pretty cool. I like that, but show me something bigger. Show me something better. And then they throw out an example and said, all right, how about this, Jesus? Yeah, what you did yesterday was pretty cool, but in verse 31, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. Just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. One of the things Jesus has done, and one of the things he's going to do later on in some of these I am statements, is compare himself to Moses, because Moses was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. He delivered the people out of slavery, out of bondage, and led them out of Egypt into the wilderness. The first covenant was given while Moses was in leadership. So there are parallels. And they have seen this, and Jesus has made the parallels obvious. So they're like, well, Moses did this, Jesus. What are you going to do? You seem to think that you're greater than Moses, and Jesus said that on multiple times. He said, Moses gave us the manna. And that's their first mistake. Moses gave us the manna, Jesus. Who gave them the manna? Verse 32, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. What they are misunderstanding and what they're failing to remember is that their ancestors that received the manna, it was given to them by God, and they didn't appreciate it, and they rejected Moses, and because of that, an entire generation died in the wilderness. And Jesus is going to point that out in just a moment. This conversation is not going the way that they hoped it would go. Jesus is not playing along with their games. So Jesus says, well, Moses was there, and God gave you manna in the wilderness, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven, suggesting that the manna was just something else, that the manna pointed to something greater. And being who they are, in verse 34, says, well, sir, give us this bread always. And the idea, and it's subtle here, and you may miss it, but Jesus has already said that you have to work. And by that, he means you have to have faith. You have to continually live in faith if you want to continually partake. And they want it to be a done deal. They said, Lord, give it to us right now for all time so we don't have to do anything else. Just give it to us and we're done. We don't have to do anything else. And Jesus looks out over the crowd. We don't know how many of them came back. We don't know if it's the entire group. But he looks and says, 
I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Keep in mind, there were a good number of Jews who didn't believe in the resurrection. The entire Sadducee party didn't believe in any supernatural. You live, you die, that was it. No angels, no devil, no resurrection. So some of them people have had that influence. And now Jesus is talking about living forever. That he's the way to live forever. And verse 41, and it's interesting the parallel because what did the Jews in the wilderness do as Moses led them into the wilderness? Almost immediately they started what? Grumbling and complaining. And Jesus tells them the secret. He tells them the truth. And it says, they started complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? That was a constant criticism of Jesus. That's one of the reasons he was rejected in his own, own hometown. He says, I am the Messiah. He read from Isaiah and said, today this passage has been fulfilled in your presence. And they tried to kill him, his own people. They're like, wait a minute, you come down from heaven? We know who you are. We knew Joseph. We know your mom. We know your brothers and sisters. How can you now tell us that you came down from heaven? Dude, you're from Nazareth. You're one of them rednecks. I know who you are. Jesus answered them. Verse 43, stop complaining among yourselves. He knows their heart. He knows the things that they're thinking that they aren't even brave enough to say out loud. He said, stop complaining among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. That's Isaiah once again. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. And by stating this, he is saying that he is God in the flesh. He says, I came from the Father, and the only one who has seen the Father is the one sent from the Father. Therefore, I am from the Father. I am God in the flesh. John begins his gospel by making that very clear. Verse 47, Jesus continues. He's like, truly I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. He states it again. When Jesus repeats things, those are things you need to remember. Those are things you need to consider. And he repeats it again. I am the bread of life. You brought up Moses. You brought up the manna. So let's talk about that. He says, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. And they died. An entire generation died because they didn't believe. He said, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may meet of, eat of it and not die. He's like, unlike the manna, an entire first generation died in the wilderness. 
Everyone else who ever ate manna is now dead. It didn't sustain you forever. It sustained them while they were in the wilderness. And then when they went into the promised land, God stopped giving it to them. And then he says something even more shocking and even more drastic. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh, and that sets off more controversy. This is similar to the conversation Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well. Remember? She came to draw water. He says, I have water that provides eternal life. And she misunderstood. She's like, well, give me that water. He's like, it's not that kind of water. This is water that will flow up from inside. And the people immediately turn on Jesus. Verse 52, it says, At that the Jews argued amongst themselves, How can this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. That's pretty shocking to us today, understanding what Jesus was saying. Just to read Jesus say that. Can you imagine being there, hearing that for the very first time? You're looking for a king. You're looking for the Messiah. And here's this carpenter from Nazareth. You know his mom and dad. And he's telling you that unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you do not have life. It's interesting, one of the early accusations against the church by the Roman Empire was that they were cannibals. And they went to the scripture, the point is that Jesus himself said, eat his flesh and drink his blood. And every Sunday they get together and they do this thing where they eat flesh and drink blood. And the Jews totally misunderstand it. And they're furious. But Jesus says, unless you do this, you do not have life. Verse 54 says, the one who eats my flesh, drinks my blood, has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Because my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink, unlike manna, which was temporary. In fact, if you remember manna, they could only collect enough for one day. If they tried to keep some over to the next day, it grew maggots and worms and was nothing. Jesus says it wasn't even true food. It was good, and it was for a purpose. He's like, but I am the true food. I am the true water. Verse 56, he says, The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Some translations use that word abide. We're going to see that again in another one of the I am statements when Jesus talks about being the true vine. He says, The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains or abides in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your ancestors ate, and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. And then John says he was teaching these things there at the synagogue there at Capernaum. His own disciples don't even understand. The next verse, even his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And Jesus has a conversation with them. Jesus probably has the largest crowd he has ever had in his ministry right here. Imagine 20-some thousand people. 
And after Jesus tells them this, the crowd dwindles. It may be the worst revival service ever preached. He goes from 20,000 people to just a handful in one sermon. But he wanted them to understand it wasn't about the show. It wasn't about the spectacle. Jesus could have done all kinds of things and made a spectacle of himself. In fact, that's what Satan tried to do when he tempted Jesus. He's like, take those bread, those rocks, and turn it into bread. He's like, go up on the pinnacle of the temple where everybody can see you and jump down and let the angels catch you. Or look out and I'll give you everything and you could be king of the world. Jesus had the power to do exactly what they were asking. He could have totally blown their minds, but Jesus was not about himself. He was about doing the will of the Father. And because they brought up the manna that God had provided through Moses, Jesus used that as the example. And once again, it's amazing how many things in the Old Testament point to something that Jesus would do later or point to something that Jesus fulfilled later. Even the manna. The manna was bread from the heaven. It literally means, what is this? When the people saw it, they asked Moses, what is this? And it was the bread from heaven that God gave them to sustain them and give them life. And even that, something as simple as that, pointed to what Jesus was going to do. There are five things that I want us to look at real briefly. How manna fulfilled it, and Jesus completely fulfilled it. But the first thing is manna was sent down from heaven. Every morning they got up and there it was. They didn't have to do anything for it. It was just there. God told them how much they could take. And then the next day they got up and there it was again. The only exception was on Friday they were allowed to take twice as much because it wasn't going to come on Saturday. That was the Sabbath. So it came down from heaven. God provided it for them. The second thing, it was free. Once again, all they had to do was believe God. All they had to do was get up. And all they had to do was obey. Thirdly, it was pure. I can't imagine what food from God would taste like. The Bible describes it. Honestly, it doesn't sound extremely satisfying to me. It said it tasted like honey. It was light on the tongue. But it was pure. There was no imperfection. As good as food can be on earth, even when we cook it at home, Sometimes there can be imperfection. Sometimes things get it. Sometimes the recipe gets messed up. But manna was pure. This was something God had concocted. And it met their nutritional needs. It kept them full. And it kept them going. Fourthly, it was consumed every single day. And even on the Sabbath when they weren't allowed to work, God made sure there was enough on Friday. And they ate it every day. In fact, it wasn't long after they began to get it that they started complaining about it. Oh, goodness, we got to eat this manna stuff again. Why can't we go back to Egypt where they got good food? Why do we have to eat this stuff? But it was meant to be eaten every single day. And as long as they gathered it, as long as they ate it, they survived. And then lastly, it was sufficient. It was enough for them. Now, whether or not they liked that, whether or not they accepted that, it was plenty. God allowed them to take enough to feed themselves and their entire family. And then he did it again the next day. A lot of biblical scholars believe that when Jesus was teaching the model prayer, that he referenced this when he says, give us this day our what? Our daily bread. So the manna was important 
He was a vital part of the survival of the people of Israel. And remember, their purpose was to exist so that Messiah could come into the world. Manna had been sent from heaven. It was free of charge. All they had to do was get up and get it. It was pure. They had enough every single day to eat it, and it was sufficient. It was enough for them. But Jesus as the bread of life, well, how many times in the Gospels, and I've never counted it, but how many times did Jesus say he was sent from heaven? The Father sent him. Just like the manna, Jesus was sent by the Father. He says it right here. Verse 46, no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. And he's like, I am he. The Father sent me so that you could know him. The Father sent me so that he could reveal himself to you. The Father sent me to solve the sin problem. Secondly, Jesus coming here and dying for us was completely free. We don't have to do anything but believe. He says that right here. He says, if you want eternal life, if you want to live forever, then believe in me. And that's still true today. We just have to believe. Now, belief needs to lead to obedience, but it starts there. Thirdly, like the manna was pure food from God, Jesus was pure, not one sin, not one blemish. Much like the Passover lamb in the Old Testament had to be perfect. No broken bones, no blemishes. Jesus was the ultimate, the writer of Hebrews says, he was the perfect sacrifice, not one sin, not one impure thought, not one selfish motive. And much like the manna needed to be consumed every day, Jesus needs to be consumed daily by his followers. And he's speaking metaphorically, we understand that. He didn't literally mean eat his body and drink his blood but we need to be in tune to him every day. We need to abide in him. We need to put him above all other things. We need to consume the things he said. We need to live according to the way that he lived. And it needs to be daily. Now it's true, there are going to be moments where we slip. There are going to be moments where we don't meet the expectation. But our sins have been forgiven because of what he has done. When we pursue him, when we consume him every single day, his spirit strengthens us. His spirit will convict us and bring us back to where we need to be. Back to the temptation. Remember how Jesus responded to Satan when he said, take the stones and turn them into bread? He said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but by the very words of God. And Jesus was referring to the scriptures. And John begins his gospel by saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, and the Word became flesh. Now we need physical food to eat. We need that to survive. But we aren't truly living unless we are consuming Jesus on a daily basis. If we are daily following Him and living according to His words. And much like manna was sufficient for the Israelites, Jesus is sufficient. He's the only thing we need from an eternal viewpoint. There are things we need here on earth to survive. But when it comes down to it, 
when we stand before Almighty God and when we are judged for our lives, the only thing that's going to matter is whether or not we knew Jesus. And Jesus is sufficient. The writer of Hebrews says he was the final sacrifice. Unlike the earthly high priest who went in every single day to the temple and went in every year to the Holy of Holies, and they were never able to sit down and rest because there was constant sacrifice needed for their constant sin, the writer of Hebrews says when Jesus presented himself as a sacrifice, he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father because it was sufficient. It was enough. It brought forgiveness. As we close this morning, Jesus, this isn't the only time he uses this type of language. In Matthew 26, as he's in the upper room the night he is going to be betrayed and arrested, in the context of a Passover meal with his disciples, in Matthew 26, 26, it says, as they were eating, remembering what God had done in the past, remembering how God had used Moses to lead the people out of Egypt and bring deliverance and freedom. That's the background. Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat it, this is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus begins these I am statements by saying, I am the only way to achieve true life. He says, I came down from heaven. The Father sent me down from heaven for this very purpose. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You just have to believe. His sacrifice is sufficient because he was perfect. He died for the sins that we all committed. Paul says he took on our sins. He became sin for us. And our challenge is to remember that every single day we need to put Jesus first. You can look at me and tell I don't go too many days without eating. Now I do believe there's a, a spiritual benefit from praying and fasting and we should probably pursue those things in our life, but I don't skip very many meals. And I would guess that most of us in here don't skip very many meals. But how many times will we let our lives get too busy? How many times will we get caught up in things and get distracted? How many times because of our sin do we skip the bread of life? The very thing that brought us forgiveness. The very thing that brought us freedom. It's really all we need. This morning our challenge, as we ponder what Jesus says, we come around this table every single week. And we proclaim this. And those things represent that. But if we don't put it to use, if we don't live our lives like we really believe that, then we're missing out. We're missing out on the bread of life that brings us forgiveness of sins and the promise and hope of eternal life. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is the bread of life that you sent him here for us. It doesn't cost us anything. He was a pure, perfect sacrifice that it was sufficient to cover the sins of every single one. And Lord, just help us to daily seek him and obey him. We just pray all these things in his name. Amen.